While others are gathering in with us, let's turn to the hymn 151. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more, and morning breaks eternal bright and fair. Remaining seated while we sing together these lovely old gospel hymns, let's sing our very best and to the glory of God, please. full at highest cost he offers free to all. Of course, he was also the author of the other famous hymn that he wrote, 
amazing grace. But this is another hymn of testimony. And even long he took delight until he was met by the intervention of an almighty God and stopped my wild career. I wonder what it's going to take. Is God going to have to intervene in your life for you to realize your need of Christ? Think of these words as we sing this lovely hymn together, please. <clears throat> can help.
says, I heard an old, old story how a Saviour came from glory. We're singing well, but let's sing our very best now on this lovely hymn, and let's sing it with all our heart.
tonight is the hymn number 331. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he's prepared for us a place. We're going home. And we're not going home to a hovel. We're going home to a mansion. And praise God, it's prepared for those that know and love the Savior. I wonder tonight if you a mansion prepared in glory. Oh, if not tonight, you prepare and be able to sing this hymn with all your heart, knowing that when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. <clears throat> singing about rejoicing. Now, I want us all to be rejoicing in our hearts and also to let our faces know about it. And that means the three boys up on the pulpit, because sometimes you have to look this way as much as we have to look that way. We're singing about rejoicing and going to heaven. There's nothing to be miserable about that. There's nothing to be sad about that. But there is, if you're not saved. So let's think about these words. Let's sing it with all our hearts. We're going home and we can say, onward to the prize before us. Soon his beauty will behold. <clears throat>
Everybody said amen. Well, hold on a minute or two. We're going to have to start that. You can take your seats. You can sit down. We're going to have to start that all over again. And everybody said amen. And shouted hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Our loving Father, we thank you that we're in the house of God tonight. And we thank you for the joy that's in our hearts. And we rejoice tonight, we can say, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Our loving Father, you know that in our midst there are those, and they're not ready for that day. They've never made their preparation in earth for their place in heaven. They've never made on earth their peace with God through Christ their Savior. And our loving Father, we desire tonight that this would be the night when they'll be able to say, we're going home to glory soon, to see the mansions bright, to walk the golden streets of heaven and to bask in God's own light. Lord, we are conscious of those who are out of Christ. And they're held by many a snare. We cannot leave them lost and lone. We want them over there. And so, our loving Father, we've convened this service tonight with a desire in our hearts to worship and to praise Thee and to give Thee all the glory. And so that the glorious message of Christ would be proclaimed. We thank Thee, Lord, tonight for that message of redemption through the blood. We thank Thee tonight that there is forgiveness through the blood of Christ, and fallen sinful man can be reconciled to a holy God. We come tonight to give thee the praise of our hearts that you didn't leave us in our sin. You didn't leave us in our rebellion. You didn't leave us in that state where we were enemies of God. But oh, in loving kindness, Jesus came, our souls in mercy to reclaim. And we thank thee that from the depths of sin and shame, through grace, you lifted every child of God. And so tonight in this gospel service, the desire of our heart is that we might praise thee aright, that we might render to thee all of the glory, and that we might have the glorious privilege again of presenting Christ in all his fullness. So we do pray for the one who has come into our midst to recall the goodness and the grace of God in his life. We thank thee for that day that you reached down and you saved him. You not only preserved him physically, but you saved him spiritually, and you made him a child of God. Father in heaven, as thy servant comes, we pray that he be very conscious of the Lord's help. And in everything that he says, may he be conscious of the power of the Spirit of God to be his guide, even in the service tonight. For all who've come, we thank thee for each one. We pray that thou will bless every head bowed in thy presence, every home represented, and let us know every heart. Lord, we're mindful of what Hagar said. Thou God, seest me. And in the house of God tonight, Lord, we would, in these moments as we bow before thee, we would say, search me, O God, my actions try, and let my life appear. And Father in heaven, we pray that thou wilt enable this to be a night when we will again see Christ in all his beauty. We're not unmindful of those who need that particular touch from thee tonight. Think of our sister Marge. We pray that thou wilt give to her the grace that's needed. We thank thee and praise thee that she's ready. We thank thee that she can say she's going home to glory soon. When she departs this scene of time, for her it will be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Remember the family, give them that grace even in these days. And for others, we pray that we might in the days that lie before us prove every day the sufficiency of thy grace and the nearness of thy presence. Continue with us, for we pray and ask these things in the Saviour's name.
There's a hymn that we sang at the prayer meeting, and we're going to depend upon you to really do your very best on this lovely hymn. What gift of grace is Jesus, my Redeemer? There is no more of heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. Think of those lovely words. Think of that line, there is no more of heaven now to give. God could give nothing more, more precious than his only son. Lovely words, lovely hymn. Will we sit for the, there's not a chorus show. Oh, well, then we'll stand. We'll just stand because if there's no chorus, then I can't break it up. So we'll stand and we'll sing together for this lovely hymn, please. And I'm depending on our two sisters to keep me right here.
Thank you, Mervyn, for leading the opening part tonight. It's much appreciated, as always. Adrian just whispered to me, he says, you get it easy here. Um, but I said, I'll tell you what I did in the last week, just to reassure you. Uh, good to have you tonight. We bid you welcome in the Saviour's great name. And if you're listening in tonight on the internet, we're glad to have you as part of our family night this evening. May the Lord bless you. Refreshments will be served after the meeting tonight. Do stay and enjoy a time of fellowship with the rest of our folks that are here. Monday night is a session meeting. It's the monthly session meeting tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. Tuesday morning is the senior fellowship at 11. And Tuesday night, the youth challenge, the children's meetings, uh, recommenced last Tuesday night. Thursday is the midweek service at 8 o'clock as we come for Bible study, prayer and fellowship. And then Friday night at 8 o'clock, Greg Gibson, one of our students and one of the members here, he will be speaking to the young people on the subject, the Christian who is living for God. Next Lord's Day, the early season of prayer is 8 a.m. And then the Sunday school, 10.30. The Bible class at a quarter to 11. The worship service at 12 noon. We continue with our study in Mark and we come to the second part of the message that we commenced this morning. The gospel meeting at 7, preceded by the time of prayer at 6.30. And then just a little message on those that are interested in helping at the parents and toddlers to see me. We had a good meeting this morning and uh, a good number of volunteers, but this maybe is a ministry that you could do. And maybe you're thinking, what, what can I do for the Lord? Well, here's a good start. If you are interested in children's work, uh, we would love to have you helping with the mother and toddlers. There needs to be the checks made, of course, and all that when you're working with children. But if you can even be in the kitchen and make the toast and the tea, whatever else is served to the, the mothers that come with their children, that work would be very much appreciated. And even if you can only do once a month, we can get into a rota for those that can't come every Monday morning. We can say, right, you can do the first Monday or the second or whatever it is you're able to do. That would be very much appreciated. I want to congratulate Ian and Stephanie on the birth of their baby girl, Indy Emma Hannah, born this morning. So that news was coming through just after the service this morning. And we do rejoice in this little one that has been given and grandparents that are uh, so happy again to have an addition within nine weeks they've had three grandchildren so uh, next year they'll have six and um, the following year they'll have nine that's the way sometimes things work but uh, we do congratulate Ian and Stephanie wish them well and the little baby given to them I'm going to sing a hymn of testimony we have a testimony tonight and this testimony, as you know from John Newton, is put into the words of the hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. He was converted, as you know, off the northwest coast of Ireland on the stormy sea one night when there was a ferocious storm that threatened to take the life of everyone that was on board. And he had lived a very uh, difficult life, very rebellious life, very sinful life up until that point. But in the storm, he remembered what his mother had taught him. And he wondered, is there mercy still for me? And John Newton cried on the Lord in the midst of that storm and came to know Christ and became the great uh, preacher 
that he was. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound.
got Adrian Coffey tonight from Portobogie to give his testimony. First of all, Adrian, welcome in the Saviour's name. And to your wife, Angela, that's here, and your son, Lee, uh, this young man, 17 years of age, doesn't have a girlfriend yet, no? No, there you go. There's something you young girls can pray about, and uh, you can pray about it too. Anyhow, we've known this family for 33 years. We went to Portobogie at the beginning of 1990, and we got to know the Thompson family, and of course Adrian married into the Thompson family, and we got to know him really well. There was an accident that took place, and he'll, he'll tell you about that tonight, and that was the means of really shaking him to the core, bringing him back to the Lord. He had made a profession as a child, but this was the means of bringing him back to where he ought to have been. And I remember that time, and we still rejoice with him in the goodness of God and the mercy of God towards him. You'd have no problem understanding his accent because it's quite similar to the North Antrim accent here. So, Adrian, we're going to loose you and let you go. Thank you for your willingness to come tonight and to tell us how the Lord has worked in your life. He's an elder in our Portobogie congregation now, and he's gone on well with the Lord and that's what we like to know. God bless you, Lord. Well, as uh, Mr. Park said, my name is Adrian Coffey, and I'm glad to be with you here tonight to share this word of testimony. I really loved that last hymn we sang, Amazing Grace. I was just thinking about that wee word grace. Everybody in here tonight that's saved knows what grace is. But if you're not saved tonight, I'll tell you what it means. It means God's riches at Christ's expense. See, the Lord Jesus Christ went all the way to Calvary to die for sinners like you and me. And we need his grace every single day. So I thank God tonight that I have a testimony to give. I thank your minister in the session for inviting me up here and for this opportunity to share with you what the Lord has done for me. A passage of scripture that means a lot to me and really sums up my testimony is found in Psalm 34. Psalm 34, and we're going to read from the verse 1, first eight verses. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast on the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked upon him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encompasseth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. 
Amen. Well, I was born into a Christian home on the 15th of March, 1967. I have an elder sister, and I have younger brothers who are twins. We were brought up in a wee place called uh, Clochy, just on the east coast of County Down, a wee seaside village that's not far away from the fishing port of Portobogie. As a young boy, I was sent faithfully every week to all the meetings in Gloucester Presbyterian Church. And mainly from faithful Sunday school teachers there, I learned from an early age that the Lord Jesus Christ went all the way to Calvary to die for a sinner like me. So I knew from an early age that I was a sinner. But it wasn't until I was about the age of nine that there was a five-day Bible club came to Calhoun Park, that's a wee estate where I lived. And out in the green in the front of our house, every night, we uh, were taught Bible stories, and we learned memory verses, and we sang choruses. But these people, I don't even know where they came from. But they told us all about the Lord as well. And they taught us all about His love for us. And one of the verses that we learned, and I really remember it, even to this day, is Revelations 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hear my voice, I will come unto him, sup with him, and he with me. Well, on the last night of that meeting, or that wee club, I uh, asked the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart and to forgive me for, for my sins. It was right in the middle of Calhoun Park, and we read many. For the next few years, everything went on well. It's near primary school, it's easy enough to be a Christian. But you know, when you get a wee bit older and you get into the teenage years, you go into the bigger schools, you meet people from different backgrounds, and you begin to enjoy other things in life. And sad to say, slowly but surely, I drifted away from the Lord. My eyes were in other things. And I really only thought about the Lord whenever I was in trouble or whenever I was in need. I loved all kinds of sports when I was young. But my greatest love of all was football. And we lived right beside a football field. And every day of the week I was in there playing football, kicking about with my mates. And I even had great memories playing with some of the local teams. And also, uh, down our way, fishing was a big, big thing. In fact, it was a mainstay of the community at that particular time. And like so many other young people my age, we had after-school jobs working for some of the local fish processors. So we would have to learn how to skin fish and pack fish and smoke fish and fillet fish and 
anything there was to do with fish, we done it. And so from an early age, I had money in my pocket. Um, and I have to say, it was a great time down in Port of Oge. At school leaving age, I went to Glastry College. Um, but at school leaving age, I hadn't a clue what I wanted to do. But my career path was a kind of laid out for me because something major happened in our family at that particular time. It was June 1984. My father owned a, and fished uh, a local fishing boat. And in June 1984, he took a major stroke. Even to this day, he can't speak the full sentence. He's paralyzed, but God has been so good to him that he's even still alive today at 87. He had stents, and I don't know how many different things has happened to him, but you know, he, he's still getting about, and God has been good to us. But my career path was laid out for me because he could no longer work. And uh, that meant that somebody had to go in the boat in his place. And me being the eldest son, that was me. I had no intention of staying at the fishing. I was only going, out, going to help them out for a wee while, but that wasn't what happened. I went to the fishing and I never left it. Also in that year, 1984, about October time, something else dramatic happened to me. I met Angela and I fell in love. <laughs> and she was a free Presbyterian. And down where I came from at that particular time, a Presbyterian going with a free Presbyterian, it wasn't, you know, the dumb thing. And... Uh, both Angela and I got a wee bit of grief from people that we knew. But anyway, um, we went with Angela and her being a free Presbyterian, she was a wee bit pushy and it wasn't long till she asked me to go along with her to the, the church down in Port of Oge, the Free Presbyterian Church in Port of Oge. And I can honestly say that from the first night that I walked into that church and I heard the people singing. I had some hair then. The hairs in the back of my head were standing in the end. I never was in a meeting like it. And I remember that night, the first night, the preacher was the Reverend Jim Harden. He was still a preacher in Port of Oge just before Mr. Park came. And during all my times in the church, with Mr. Harton and Mr. Park, I can honestly say every time I went into the church, I was convicted of my sins. But I always left the church exactly the same way as I went in, without the Lord. Life at sea wasn't easy. It was hard work. It was long hours. There was bad weather most days. And you know, if there was nothing in your nets, 
You've got no pride. But that's what made it so exciting. When you got a big catch, you got a big pay. There was no two days the same at the fishing. And you go away early in the morning, you're not home till late at night, if you're home at all. And it's an amazing place to put to work on out in the sea. And the psalmist, he got it exactly right whenever he said, They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Although God gave me many opportunities through my teenage years and even after that, he gave me many opportunities to get right with him. You know, I reject them every time. And you know, when you do that and you're a backslider, you go further and further away from him. And that's what happened to me. I kept running after the things of the world. And you know, there was never any satisfaction. To be honest with you, it left nothing but regrets for me. And if you're in the world, it'll be the same for you. I began to go into pubs and clubs. I was drinking, I was smoking. Things that I never intended to do. Actually, the things that I had grown up, I detested. And here I was doing them. I was going to places I shouldn't have been in. I was saying things I shouldn't have said. I was doing things I knew not to do. The Apostle Paul, he speaks about our nature. He says how we do the things that we know not to do. And the things that we ought to do, we don't do. That's exactly me at this particular time. The next big thing that happened in my life was on the 9th of May, 1992, when Angela and I got married. And Mr. Park married us. The following year, the 9th of March, 1993, we got our first child home. His name's Aaron. We're absolutely delighted when he came into our lives. But the very next month, in that same year, something awful happened. And this really spoke to me and it made me consider my ways. We've been fishing across the Isle of Man. And uh, when we left the harbour that morning, everything was fine, the weather was fine. But there was a soft, southerly wind began to blow as we made our way across to the Isle of Man. And during fishing all that day, the wind steadily increased. And by the time, I think it was about five or six o'clock in the evening, 
and was blowing a strong gale. We hauled our nets aboard and we were heading for home for shelter. To get back to Portavogi from the fishing grounds that we were on, we had to pass over a piece of ground called the Rig, an RFC called the Rig. It's known to all the local men, fishermen, for the sea getting up very quick and getting very numbly. You'd be going along and you'd be all right, and the next thing there'd be a big wave would come out of nowhere. When we headed across home that night, I was listening on the ship's radio, and the next thing I heard a distress call. It was being called out by one of the boats that had fished alongside us all day. The boat's name was the Baraka. Three men were washed over the side by a rope wave. One was retrieved and three were, or two were unaccounted for. When we got the position called out, we headed up for him to help search for these two men, but without success. See, the boat had been hit by a big wave that came out of nowhere. And then it was hit by another one straight after it. And these men were out in the middle of the sea, in the darkness, in the middle of a storm. And they couldn't find them. It was a terrible night. It was an awful night. It was a great tragedy. But we had to go back to port that night, in the middle of, the middle of the night, without these men. This tragedy hit Port Boogie very, very hard. And I can remember what was all the talk at the time. People talking about the Lord. And some people even got saved. Some of my friends. But not me. I didn't come back to the Lord. Even though I was convicted that night as we searched up and down the sea, I said, no. That's not what happened to me. This couldn't happen to me. But how wrong was I? A couple of months later, on the 7th of July, it's a beautiful summer's day. Again, we were fishing at the Isle of Man, just on the opposite side of it from where we were when the first accident happened. But me and uh, my three crew found ourselves in the sea when a big freight ferry ran into us. We had been patrolling in an area where a pipeline had just been laid between Isle of Man and the south of Ireland. And with our type of fishing, all our fishing gear was on the bottom of the sea, on the seabed. And we had come in contact with this pipeline and our nets had became trapped and stuck in the seabed. We couldn't get them, couldn't get them free. But as we worked to try and get them free, my, my brother raised the alarm and he yelled, this boat's going to hit us. But it was too late to do anything. Whenever 
looked up this big black lump of steel was right up above our heads. I remember shouting to the rest of the crew to jump. And the next thing we knew, we were all in the sea. The ferry had hit us and it seemingly just went on without even noticing that it hit us because it just kept on going. A lot of damage had been done to our boat, but it didn't sink. And two of the crew, my brother and another man, was able to go back to the boat and hold on to ropes and fenders that were hanging off it. But the other man, he couldn't swim. But he learned how to that day. He got his gear kicked off and his boots kicked off and he was able to lie on his back. I could swim. In fact, I was a good swimmer. But after a while, I began to struggle in the sea because I couldn't get my boots off. I'd kicked at them and pushed at them one foot against the other. I couldn't get them off. And the more I tried, the more of a panic and into a state I got myself to the extent that I thought I was going to drown. At this time, little thoughts began to go through my head. Just wee split second things. I was thinking about my wife, Angela. I was thinking about Arne, my son, never going to see them again. And then I thought about the Lord. And I said, Lord, save me. And when I said that, the boots came off of these. And I was able to gain control of myself again. Eventually, the ferry came back again. There was an alarm raised by a, a, a lorry driver on the boat. He had heard the thud. The people on the bridge hadn't even realised it had us. But a lorry driver had heard a thud and raised the alarm. And the boat came back again, the ferry came back again and put down its life lifeboats and it picked us all up and took us safely again ashore. For a long time, I didn't tell anyone what happened to me in the sea. I wrestled and I wrestled with the thought, did I really mean, Lord, save me from my sins? Or was I just using them again and saying, Lord, save me from this situation? Kept going over it and over it and over it in my head. But you know something? One day I just realized that I was fed up with the life that I've been living. And I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus again and asked him to forgive me. And I'm pleased to say the night he did. Since then, you know, to my shame, I've let him down many, many times. But the truth is, he has never, ever let me down. You see, he promises 
He promises us that we're saved. I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. And never with the Lord is never. And I can honestly say that I've proved that in my life so many times over and over and over through the ups and through the downs on the mountaintop on the valley on the valley floor I can say he is that faithful friend that sticketh closer than any brother and every day I just cast my cares upon him for I know that he cares for me I'm not saved because of anything I have done. But it's because of everything that Christ has done for me. I'm not good. I'm not deserving. I'm, I'm certainly not righteous. But you see, I'm dependent on somebody who is. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 and 9 explains all this. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, God has blessed Angel and I in so many ways, not least in the children he's given us. We have six children. We had Arne, that you already know about. And then two years later, we had Jamie and Curtis, who are twins. Two years later after that, another set of twins, James and Shara. And then we have Lee, who's here with us tonight. And I'm so thankful to God that each one of them has made a profession. And even some of them I've had the privilege of leading to the Lord. And these are some of my mountaintop experiences. I've also now six grandchildren. And I praise and thank God every day for them. For two of them have already asked the Lord into their heart. You see, God has told us in his word that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then there's another wee bit. And thy house. But just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean to say that everything's going to be smooth for you. It doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean you're not going to have trials or troubles in your life. And I know that because without warning, on the 21st of January 2005, 18 years ago, I took a heart attack. And because of other complications, I spent about a month in hospital and then a few years off work. It's very true that none of us know what the day's going to bring forth. 
Not one of us is guaranteed tomorrow. At that time in my life, the Reverend Gary Goods was a minister in Portugal. And one of the times he came to see me in the hospital, he gave me this verse. And it always encourages me. Even yet, it's Psalm 73 and verse 26. And it says, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. The boat accident that I told you about that happened almost 30 years ago. And I often think to myself, was this the last opportunity that I was going to have to get right with him? And so he, he spoke to me in so many different ways. With that still, small voice, I read tracks, I knew memory verses. The, the accident where two men were lost into eternity. He gave me so many opportunities, but I didn't respond. He had to use his thunderous voice to make me listen. Almost drowning. If you're in the meeting tonight and you're not saved, I would like to know what it's going to take for you. Amen. Thank Adrian for coming tonight and for sharing his testimony. And uh, as you listen to that, we are reminded that sometimes it takes a storm in a person's life to bring them to Christ. And it certainly took that kind of a storm at sea. It wasn't the wind, but it was a collision with a freight ferry that brought him to that important point of decision. Couldn't help but think about Matthew 14. And Peter, in the midst of the sea, the Lord came walking in the fourth watch of the night, in the middle of the night. The disciples were afraid, but Jesus says, be not afraid, it is I. <coughs> and Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come onto the water. And Jesus just said, come. Peter got out of the ship. It was a great step of faith for anyone to do that. And he walked in the water for a time, but... In the midst of the storm, when he looked around him and he saw the wind boisterous and the waves, he felt so threatened and he began to sink. But you remember, he just cried out what Adrian cried in the midst of the sea. Save me, Lord, save me. And the Lord did. So we see the circumstances of Peter. It was in the midst of the storm. God allowed the storm. We see the cry of Peter. Lord, save me. And thank God we see the compassion of the Savior, a loving Savior. But immediately he stretched forth his hand and saved them. Thank you, Adrian, for testifying. Thank you for coming so far from Fort Avogue. We trust the Lord will bless that testimony to your heart. And if you don't know the Lord, you'll cry out, Lord, save me. The word has gone forth. The testimony has been given. God speaks through these things. I trust it will not take a storm in your life. 
before you realize your need. May you seek Christ, call upon his name. May you say, I am coming to the cross. I am poor and weak and blind. I am counting all but dross. I shall full salvation find. It's the closing hymn tonight. I am trusting, Lord, in thee. Blessed Lamb of Calvary, humbly at thy cross I bow. Save me. Save me, Jesus. Save me now. That's what you need to cry from your heart. And when you do, the Lord will stretch forth his hand and he will save you too. Of that we can be sure. It's his guarantee and promise. Please think of the words as we sing them together. to us afterwards that's why we're here come and speak with us come to christ heavenly father bless the testimony tonight thank thee for adrian and for the day that he was converted and for that moment in his life when the lord really dealt with him in his backslidden condition stepped into his life in such a remarkable way and retrieved him brought him back and lord you're able to do this for any man any woman any young person you're able to step into their lives suddenly and change them by your grace. May they get to the cross. Oh, I am coming to the cross. We know that the cross is the answer for our sin. It is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, that cleanses us from all sin. And may there be that cry of heart tonight, Save me, Jesus. Save me now. 
And we know that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, may that happen tonight in some heart that's here and others that are listening in on the internet tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.